Was an RV purchased at a government auction actually an important piece of American history? The internet says it's true. Welcome to The Internet Says It's True, where every week we learn something that sounds like it's made up, but it's really true, part of the WCBE podcast experience. My name is Michael Kent. Welcome back. I've got a brand new episode for you this week. Uh, This story happened in September of this year, 2022. I bookmarked it when it happened, thinking this may be something that people would be interested in. The headline said, quote, a busted trailer listed on a government auction site turned out to be a space fan's dream. I was instantly hooked, so we're going to learn about that here in a minute. Before we get to that, be sure to join the club over at Patreon. Thank you and welcome to Nikki and Nick, who are the newest to sign up there. You can do that at patreon.com slash Michael Kent, and when you do, I will send you out some stickers. You'll get access to a lot of things that the normies can't have, like ad-free episodes a week early and access to 65 episodes of my show joke story trick once again that's patreon.com slash michael kent also get your merch we've got t-shirts and mugs that's the internet says it's true.com click merch and you can see that stuff and if you're a patreon member you get 20 percent off so we've got a new story for you this week and then i am going to take a few weeks off uh, it's, i've been struggling to get these episodes out between being on the road and then getting getting sick uh for a couple weeks there um, I've got uh, another week on the road here. I'm in. I'm currently in Illinois. I did a show in in uh, Peoria yesterday, and I'm in Chicago tomorrow for the next two days. Then Brevard, North Carolina, Orlando, Florida, and then my wife and I are taking. Since we're going to be in Orlando, we're going to take a uh, a quick Mickey vacation for a few days leading into Thanksgiving. So there are a few weeks here where I'm just going to run some of my favorite episodes from the past. I hope that you will stick around and listen to those. Um, And and then we'll get some new episodes after that. So let's get into this story about a government auction. You can find some wild stuff for sale at government auctions. For instance, a software engineer found a government auction for a 4,000-pound IBM server. He now owns it and it's so big it takes up most of his studio apartment. As a software engineer, he was familiar with the server and knew that when it came out, it cost over a million dollars. He snagged it for a thousand. Most of the items being sold at government auctions are pretty boring. Laptops, chairs, projectors, empty cases, filing cabinets, that type of thing. But every once in a while, there's one that stands out. Like the time the Coast Guard auctioned a defunct lighthouse in Wisconsin. A San Francisco tech exec bought it for $159,000. Or the Sea Shadow. The Sea Shadow was a top-secret stealth ship that was auctioned back in 2012. I can't believe they'd allow that to be sold, but uh, it was going to be scrapped. So instead, they auctioned it off with strict guidelines as to how it needed to be demilitarized and then dismantled. So they were selling it to someone else with explicit instructions that the buyer scraps it. It sold for more than $100,000 to the Bay Ship and Yacht Company. And some of these sites are are govdeals.com, govplanet, gsaauctions.gov. There are a lot of these government auction sites. But the story we're talking about today was a listing that seemed pretty unremarkable at first glance. The heading on the listing was 1989 Airstream Executive Air Coach. It said, quote, ran when parked, end quote 
but also the auction does say that the buyer will need a flatbed and winch to remove it. Its location was listed at Edwards, California. But other than that, the only hints as to the history of this vehicle came in the pickup instructions and contact person. It was being stored at a NASA research station. From the photos, it was clear this wasn't merely a recreational vehicle. The side of the vehicle showed a spot where a logo had clearly been removed, very obviously the NASA logo. And the top was outfitted with all sorts of equipment, weather vanes and data gathering sensors. The odometer showed only 8,199 miles. As the bidding rose to $14,000 on this RV, a user on Twitter, McAllister Higgins, noticed the auction and started looking into the origin of this particular Airstream. Higgins is an engineer who specializes in robotics and drones. He said, quote, this was his tweet, okay, I'm not going to be able to buy and restore this due to logistics, so I figured I'd throw it up on Twitter. Long story short, I found the NASA Convoy Command Vehicle for the Space Shuttle Program up for auction with almost zero indication of what it is. Whoa, a Convoy Command Vehicle? Higgins started proving it by finding photos of the vehicle in action during its lifetime and comparing them with photos on the listing. He combed through 20 or 30 videos of shuttle landings and he was able to match the vehicle in those videos. Finally, he found a photo of George Grimshaw. Grimshaw was a space shuttle landing and recovery site manager who worked for NASA until his retirement in 2015. In this photo, Grimshaw is sitting at a mobile command station inside a vehicle on the tarmac of a runway. And from the windows to the seats, you can definitely tell it's the same vehicle. So what is it? What is a NASA Convoy Command Vehicle? We'll talk about that after the break. Did you know that President John Quincy Adams had a pet alligator that he kept in the East Room of the White House? Well, he didn't. That's just a myth. What's not a myth is the story of Thomas Jefferson's four-horned ram that terrorized the White House lawn, an animal he knew was dangerous but did nothing to stop until it was too late and someone was dead. These are the kinds of stories that Howard Dory and Jessica Dory dive into in the award-nominated podcast, Plotting Through the Presidents. They combine compelling narrative dives with irreverent humor and marital banter, creating a show that listeners say is well-researched, insightful, delightful, and hilarious. They cover the myths, mysteries, scandals, and rivalries that bring to life the personalities of the early United States. And they go beyond just the presidents, digging into folks like Benjamin Rush and Governor Morris, two fascinating founders, neither of whom should be trusted with sharp objects. Catch up on the first three bingeable seasons now and plot along with Howard and Jess for the fourth season of Plotting Through the Presidents. Subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast. If you love listening to this podcast every week and you want to show your support, that would mean a great deal to me. You can do that by becoming a Patreon member. We've got members at all levels, whether you want to pledge $1 a month or $10 a month. Just think about the value that you receive from this show. And if you like the histories and the stories that you learn about or the jokes that you hear, and if you think that they're worth it, consider signing up. For that, you get every episode ad-free and a week early, access to bonuses like the unedited videos of the guest appearances, and 20% off all merchandise. You can sign up today at patreon.com slash Michael Kent. That's patreon.com slash Michael Kent. This is an ABC News special. The 
began as a rocket, performed flawlessly as a spacecraft, now must return to Earth without power in a steep glide to home. Edwards Air Force Base in the California desert, a place that has already earned a secure place in aviation history. In 1947, it was here that man first flew faster than the speed of sound, and the first man-made sonic boom was heard on Earth. There are some approximately 200,000 people gathered here today on this base and scattered all around the desert area for miles around to witness the return of Columbia, and that will happen in about one hour and 20 minutes from now. Five, right at the moment. Four, three, two, one, stop. The convoy is on the way now. We can see it moving across the desert. From 1981 to 2011, a total of 135 space shuttle missions were flown. The shuttle was designed to be a partially reusable low-Earth orbital craft, and as I was growing up in the 80s and 90s, it was the symbol of space travel. The shuttle was used to launch tons of satellites, but mostly conducted a wealth of science experiments in space, and even led the construction and servicing of the International Space Station. The first shuttle flight was the Columbia on April 12, 1981 and the final flight was the Atlantis on July 21, 2011. The shuttle program was retired for a few reasons, but the biggest reason was the cost. It was much more expensive than they originally planned. Each launch had an average cost of around $450 million, and the entire concept of the shuttle was to eliminate the wasteful practice of discarding expensive rockets on each launch. It didn't achieve that goal. While the shuttlecraft was reusable, the solid rocket boosters and external fuel tank would be lost each launch. And then, there's the business aspect of it. Companies who wanted to pay the government to launch satellites with the space shuttle couldn't afford it. They found out it was just cheaper to build their own rocket unmanned and launch it themselves. And the turnaround to get the orbiter back in space after landing was just too long. Then, there was the issue of safety. The Challenger explosion opened NASA's eyes to the real danger of these space shuttle missions. Especially during a time when spaceflight had become so commonplace, we were starting to experiment with the idea of non-astronaut civilians flying to space. But it was the Columbia disaster 17 years after that that really got NASA thinking about how unsafe the flights were. Wing damage from falling insulation was unpredictable, and it had happened during several flights. It was the thing that caused the Columbia disaster. The cancellation of the space shuttle program was announced by President George Bush in 2004, and the last flight happened in 2011. For the next nine years, American astronauts used Russian rockets to get to the ISS, basically until SpaceX in 2020. So let's get back to this vehicle, this 1989 Airstream RV. As we talked about, McAllister Higgins on Twitter discovered that it was a NASA Space Shuttle Command Convoy vehicle. And furthermore, it served as that command vehicle for 54 missions. The command convoy for the space shuttle was a group of three or four vehicles that supported the space shuttle during its landing. This particular vehicle was the lead vehicle in the convoy at Edwards Air Force Base. Edwards was the backup runway for the craft to land on, 
And even so, even as the backup, it still ended up being used for 54 missions. The team that coordinated the convoy and communicated with the NASA shuttle recovery team operated from within this RV. It was the base for the convoy commander. It was fitted with weather instruments, communication tools, and computers so that the operators could look out the side windows as a sort of mobile command unit. It was replaced with a newer command vehicle and sat in a lot at Edwards Air Force Base until finally being auctioned in 2022. The communications equipment had been stripped from the inside. The NASA logo, as I said, was pulled off the outside and it no longer ran. But once people started getting wind of what it was, it drove the bidding up to $21,061. The winner of the RV was kept anonymous, so nobody knows where it is. It could have been scrapped. It could be sitting behind a barn somewhere, or it could be in some obscure museum in the middle of nowhere. But I'll tell you for certain, if you were like me, you heard this story and we all did the same thing. We ran to those government auction sites to see what other hidden treasures we could find. It's time for the part of the podcast where I call a friend, but today I had a little scheduling mix-up. It's totally my fault. So we are going to play the quiz game with you. We're working on the honor system here, so no Googling the answers, and uh, let me know how you did on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, however you like to communicate. I would love to hear from you about this quiz, because one of the things when you do a podcast is you rarely hear from the people listening, so I'd love to hear from you. Send in how you did. Let's play the quiz game. For this first question, we're playing for a joke, so if you get it wrong, you have to send me a joke. Here is your question. This story focused on a 1989 Airstream RV. Where are Airstreams manufactured? Is it A, Memphis, Tennessee, B, Guadalajara, Mexico, or C, Jackson Center, Ohio? The answer is C, Jackson Center, Ohio. They are uh, manufactured and assembled there, 100% in Ohio, from initial chassis assembly through final quality insurance. It all happens right there in Ohio. I would love to tour that factory sometime. I did do a uh, magic show one year for um, some folks who work there, and they had all kinds of stories about celebrities that they'd made custom Airstreams for, and uh, yeah, they had just finished a pink one for... Oh my gosh, I think maybe like Miranda Lambert or something. I can't remember who it was. Some country artist. So, uh, all right. So if you got that wrong, go ahead, send me in a joke. Uh, If you got it right, congratulations. You're one for one. Here, let's go on to question two. And for this question, we're going to be playing for an admission of something we want to do better this year. So send that in if it's something you don't mind sharing with the world. Uh, Between 1981 and 2011, NASA launched 135 shuttle missions. How many actual space shuttle vehicles were there? How many actual space shuttles existed? Here are your choices. Either A, 6, B, 24, or C, 43. The answer, how many space shuttles were there? Six. There were only six. Here are the space shuttles. We had Enterprise, Columbia, Challenger, Discovery, Atlantis, 
And what's the last one? Can you come up with it? The last one is Endeavor. So um, congratulations if you got that right. There have been six space shuttles. And uh, you can see some of those. There's one in the Huntsville, Alabama Space Center. Uh, but I believe that's one they used for testing. I'm not sure that actually flew to space, the one that they have there. I have seen that one in person. If you ever see a space shuttle in person, they are much, much larger than you think. They're a lot larger than they seem on TV. Uh, so yeah, send me, you know, if you get that wrong, send me an admission of something you want to do better this year. Maybe a New Year's resolution for next year. Um, and let's keep on moving on. Question three. Now for this question, we're going to play for a sticker. And I will send these out to you. I finally got new. The internet says it's true stickers. They're perfect for, you know, sticking on telephone poles or water bottles. Which one of these was a real listing on a government auction website? A an entire small town in Nevada, B, an apartment community in North Carolina, or C, a defunct army base in Nebraska. Once again, it's either a small town in Nevada, an apartment community in North Carolina, or a defunct army base in Nebraska. The answer, it's an apartment community in North Carolina. The coastal park area of Elizabeth City, North Carolina, was all for sale. The property consists of 82 housing units, several basketball courts, a tennis court, a playground, a gazebo, and, quote, plenty of space for a number of recreational activities, end quote. However, the whole place is covered in lead-based paint, so you got to take care of that if you buy this on, uh, on a government auction website. So if you got that right, if you guessed B, an apartment community in North Carolina, Send me in your mailing address on our website on the internet says it's true.com. You can use the form right there. Send me in your address. I will send you for free uh, a sticker that you can put on your whatever you put stickers on. Let's move on. For those of you who've gotten them all right, congratulations. You're three for three. Let's move on to question four. Um, so I am recording this from a hotel on the road. That's where I am right now. And so for this question, if you get it right, Let's do this. If you get it wrong or right, either way, I want your best travel tip or your best travel hack. Whatever it is that you do when you travel that is unique or interesting and just makes the day easier on you. Uh, so that's what I want to hear. And uh, maybe I'll share some as well when we're done here. The NASA Vehicle Assembly Building is a huge, huge building. It's so big. Which one of these is true? A. It's so tall that on humid days, rain clouds can actually form inside the building. B, this building has its own zip code. Or C, it would take four full eight-hour days in order to visit every room in the building. So once again, A, it's so tall that rain clouds can form inside of it. B, it has its own zip code. Or C, it would take two full days to visit every, excuse me, four full days to visit every room in the building. The answer is, believe it or not, A, it is so tall that on humid days, rain clouds can form uh, near the ceiling inside the building. Now, to counteract this, this building also has one of the world's largest air conditioning systems. That's true. Uh, absolutely incredible. So here's a travel hack for you. Um, in addition to, you know, earplugs and face masks and all that stuff, when you're trying to sleep in a hotel room, it's always difficult because there are different conditions. There's sound. There's lights that you're not used to. So you don't want that morning light to come in. You grab one of the coat hangers 
from the closet, the one that has the, the pants clips on it, right? And you use those clips to hold your curtains together at the window. And that keeps them nice and closed. So what I do is I overlap them and then I fold them. And that's how, that's how I keep that together. Uh, let's see, another thing I do is I unplug the alarm clock. I'm sure that the, the hotel staff that comes to clean the rooms hates that because they have to plug it back in and reset it. But I do not know if that alarm was set by the previous guest and never reset. I don't even know if it's right. And I trust my phone because my phone is getting updates of the time and I use that as my alarm clock. So I unplug the alarm clock and I take all the stuff that's on the bedside table, all the laminated you know, channel lists and offers and all that stuff and I open the drawer and I put it all in that drawer. And that way, when it's early in the morning and I need to get up and go to the next place, I know that everything on that table, other than the alarm clock and the lamp, are mine and these go in my pockets. So that way I don't miss anything, don't lose anything. Uh, all right, let's move on. If you've gotten all four right, that is amazing. Uh, and this one is for all the marbles. If you get this wrong, you're never allowed to listen ever again. Here's your question. I want you to send me in your answer. Is there life on other planets? Send me in your answer, whatever you think. I want to hear what you think about this. I personally think there is definitely life outside of Earth. Um, but we don't know what that looks like. We don't have any proof of that. I, I'm not convinced they have ever visited Earth. Now, that is a controversial thing, I understand, because, you know, more and more there are videos that come out. But I have yet, I have yet to see a video, including the, the Navy videos that have been released. I have yet to see a video that's really convinced me. Um, but when you look at the expanse of the universe and how many planets there are with similar conditions to Earth in terms of, you know, what, what's necessary for life to thrive, it's silly to think we're the only one uh, that where this is, you know, has evolved into life. I, I think it has to exist on other planets, um, and just just due to the vast expanse of our universe. So I'm curious what you think. So send me in your answers. I also want to hear what you thought about this podcast. Uh, I have a great time doing this. I do plan on doing more, but as I said, I am going to take a small break uh, because I'm just a little too busy right now. Uh, and I'm heading into a vacation. So after my vacation, we'll probably take a few weeks of, of rerun episodes, but do not worry. I will be coming back with more episodes. I can't wait. I have a list of some great topics, and every day I get more. So um, I want to thank you for listening. Um, that's our show for this week. Here is the voice of a robot I purchased at a government auction. Thank you for listening to The Internet Says It's True. To listen to episodes ad-free and a week early, support us on Patreon. You can do that at patreon.com forward slash Michael Kent. If you learned something just now that you didn't already know, go to the Apple Podcast app and leave us a review with five stars and a few words. That helps us a ton, because that's how the algorithm works. I don't know what an algorithm is, but just do it! See you next week for a brand new episode of... The Internet Says It's True! The Internet Says It's True would like to thank the Patreon subscribers whose monthly contributions help to make this show possible. Dallas Ray, Sean Brown, Bryce Swanson, Eugene Anderson, Matt McVeigh, Jim Martin, Joey Martin, and the show's official Emperor Kick Track. The show is written and produced by me, Michael Kent. The theme song is by Finite Music Forge, and additional music this week was from Asher Falero and the Westerlies. All audio clips in this episode are used for education and commentary and used under Fair Use Title 17 USC Section 107. You can listen to past episodes by searching for The Internet Says It's True wherever you get your podcasts. And you can see bonus content at patreon.com slash Michael Kent.